Welcome back, family, to another episode of Rooftop Perspectives. I'm Lance of your host. Today was a very kind of, you got to dig in your reserves kind of day for me. When things go unexpected, you have to always have a plan B and a plan C and a plan D so that you can move forward in a way that is productive to you. To be able to have a plan B and a C and a D and an E, you have to understand the unstable factors around you and the potential for them to not come through. So when you know you're dealing with people who are unstable, who don't have a burning passion to go beyond their funk and their trauma to pursue something better, regardless of the circumstances, then you know that most oftentimes you're gonna have to fly solo. And today that I did, aside from the plans that I had. And I'm, I'm glad because I got a chance to get done what I had to get done faster and get back in to get some work done. So that being said, I wanted to speak about a very popular, well, not just popular because everybody likes it, but something that's popular online because it's something upsetting to a lot of people. And... I was divided on it at first, but when I began to think about it, I said to myself, well, this is very crucial in our development as a people. I'm not going to say what it is. You're probably already going to know. Mr. Political spoke about it. Hint, hint, hint. But how long do we keep the training wheels on? When we have a child that is attempting to ride a bike, not a tricycle, but they have not yet gotten the balance, the proper balance to ride on two wheels. And it's not a hostile environment, them riding on two wheels, but you don't want them to fall and hurt themselves. So you keep the training wheels on, you keep it down low where they don't have to worry about, it's just like a tricycle, where you sit down and you pedal and you go around. But after a time, you have to gradually lift those training wheels so now they're kind of rocking but they can kind of get their balance but if they tip over too much the training wheel on either side will catch them after a time they should become so proficient in riding that bike that you should be able to lift the training wheels off where the last phase of it is where the training wheels are so high that they're riding around, they don't even need it. So you know for sure that you can take it off. The trainer wheels are not a given. It's only because you're a caring parent that you gave them those, those, those training wheels. Now, we're not always gonna say that it's a caring parent because that's not part of this analogy. I just threw that in. Next you have a toddler, who before it became a toddler, it crawled on all fours. And then it began to pull itself up and stand on unsteady legs next to the couch, next to the coffee table. And then they took their first steps and fell, but they were laughing until maybe they hit their head or busted their lip. But the curiosity to get around like the adults like them drove them to continue to strive to be at their best in the balance department to get them to walk. And in that, we would help them keep their balance by holding their hand 
while they took the steps and got their balance, but they should not expect that you're gonna hold their hand and walk them around all day long. They've got to learn to walk on their own. And these are with loving parents. The training wheels basically are loving parents. Parents that wanna see you do good. Parents or caregivers that wanna see you excel and ascend to the next level. So you have other situations where we get a little help sometime. If we break down on the side of the road after a while, there might be a good Samaritan or a nutcase, you know, but hopefully a good Samaritan will say, hey, maybe you need a jump start. Maybe you need a, a ride to the filling station to go get some gas. You have to use your discernment in that case. We expect this. We expect the good to come to us, especially when we're very needy as a child. Well, in this hostile environment called the United States, you can't help but call it hostile. Look at the state of America today, but also look at the state of America years ago. Years ago, it was hard for black people to get into certain schools, get into certain jobs. It was hard for black people to cut through the invisible wall that kept them back, that kept them in a state of retardation because their skills and abilities were so good that it imploded on itself because how can you get so good in a skill or in school and get such high grades and be turned down for a certain job. But we gotta remember, those jobs are not our parents. Those jobs are not our caregivers. They don't care for us and they didn't care for us back then, just as they don't care for us now. So I can see why, when it came to government, federal jobs, private owned industries, things across the board that turned their back on excellent, excellent black employees, black, black people who had a, had a mind on their shoulders, a head on their shoulders to bring forward a company, to advance it, to be not a liability, but to be something of an addition, a welcome addition, even though these other companies who, who, whose owners didn't look like us did not want us there simply because of the color of our skin and the stereotypes that they put forth that they turned around and wanted to believe. So now we have affirmative action removed from what I'm hearing. And so many people are angry. But what I'm angry at as a black man in this country is that with each other who should care for each other in the way of a parent, not to be parents to each other, but have each other's back and strive for excellence and do better. All these years you had time to do this and even though the social media landscape is not uh, gauged to say exactly the proportions of blacks who are hateful and gossiping and backstabbing and slandering and just hateful toward each other. It's not an exact gauge because everybody's not on social media, but there are a whole lot of people who are. And within our community worldwide, 
and I focus on America because that's where affirmative action is or was, we should have been prepared for the training wheels to be taken off. We should have been prepared for that helping hand that helped us to learn to walk. We should have been prepared for that to be taken away so we can stand on our own two feet. How could we think that the training wheels can stay on the bike forever? And how would that look? You're a grown man, a grown woman with little children's training wheels as though you are not confident enough to ride the bike on your own, right? Why do you need somebody to walk around with you as a grown person because you can't get your balance after so many years of walking around knowing you can walk but you still cry for the aid of that helping hand to get you from one point to another. You see, once the toddler learns how to walk, it doesn't look back for the hand to help it. Once that child learns how to ride the bike, the trainer wheels collect dust, don't they? So why is we as a mighty people that spend, what is it, a trillion dollars in this country, foolishly, to other races to make them rich that with this money we have you mean we cannot create our own jobs our own hospitals our own schools with the treatment that we received in America for hundreds of years why are we still trying to hold on to the hand as though we're a kid a toddler why are we trying to ride the bike with the trainer wheels on it as though we don't have balance you see, we serve the enemy so well. But as soon as it's time to serve ourselves, we act as though we're inept to do so. Why is that? Well, the flip side of that, why I'm righteously angry, is to shut up about crying from a hand that never liked you anyway. We need to shut up from crying to a person who had us on a bike with trainer wheels, but they didn't want to put the trainer wheels on the bike. They didn't want to see us ride. They didn't want to see us excel. Only when we're in, uh, in servitude to them. Only when we're on the front lines of their wars. Only when we're there to satisfy the sick, lust, and twisted, decadent pleasures that they have for us. Or if we coon for them or we emasculate ourselves for them. You see, if one puts on a dress and lipstick or acts effeminate, your sperm is no threat to that oppressor. Now, why do I say it that way? Because pretty much you are aiming your organ in an orifice that's made for waste and will never bring life in that death style. So if you relegate yourself to that, they'll accept you because you're not about community. You're not about building your families. You're not about building your own infrastructure. When you think like that, you're a threat to them. And just like the history of Black Wall Street and so many other places like Black Wall Street in America, when they see that type of progress, they want to shoot you down. When the toddler begins to learn how to walk, they want to break your legs. When that person who learns how to ride the bike and doesn't need the trainer wheels no more. They want to destroy you now. So it's time for us to walk upright on our own in a way that shows we don't need that anymore. Maybe it helped many for a time, 
But after we learn what we learn and attained and accrued what we accrued, why can't we bring it and turn it on in on each other in a righteous way to bring an ascension into our own community? And again, like I said, our own schools, our own hospitals, our, our own clinics, our own shopping centers, our own supermarkets. Why? Our own uh, assisted living facilities. I mean, everything that we go to, our own banks, our own entertainment areas that everybody can come to and bring us more revenue. And see, we can have our own hospitals and deal with everybody and let them bring their money to us just like they do us who don't like us and we go to them and bring our money. That's the ultimate touche. Touche. Checkmate. But our lack of unity and our lust to get our own material goods and tell everybody else I got mine, you got to get yours. And most who talk righteous and talk like they're prophets really don't want to see you have anything more than them. These people are jealous. Many black people are envious. Many black people have a bad mind and a bad heart toward you. It's true. If it wasn't true, we'd be a lot better off than we are now. And why are we not? Because they're taking away affirmative action now? So we were doing better with affirmative action with each other? No, we weren't. They can give affirmative action to the cows come home and we'll st still hate each other. And we'll still serve somebody else even though we're being whipped every single day in these hostile work environments. I don't see it. I don't want nothing from them. I, don't, I really don't. And I don't think we should cry over that. We don't need that. We can stand on our own. But what we, we, what we won't cry over and won't protest over and won't march over, the only march that I'll agree with is the marching in our own neighborhoods, in communities, in our own places with people who look like us, us to demand that we unify with each other. That's the hardest thing to do. And that will be and has been and will be forevermore until we change it, our demise. It's not going to change no how, no way. We can have affirmative action forevermore. And we'll still be at the bottom of the barrel because we do not love, cherish, respect, and honor each other as a people. That may be unpopular, but I had to say it, and you guys know, and all of you know, that I'm going to speak my mind. Maybe it's a different perspective. But it's time for us to take off the diapers and stand up and be who we are supposed to be. But we can't do it all alone with us just trying to get baubles and rubies and trinkets for ourselves. It's got to be for the greater good of the whole. We've got to become a selfless people. Even though we're going to have differences, we have to be on cold where we say, you know what? This is not going to elevate us as a whole. Let me put my differences aside. But I've seen so many brilliant people mess things up with a narrow-minded way of thinking. Because as they say, life is but a vapor. You're here today and you're gone tomorrow. So if you think you're pulling that much weight with your chest pushed out, thinking you're a world unto yourself, 
then you got another thought coming. Now, when people are destructive to you, when people are backstabbing you, when people are running around town with a false story and a bad word to smear your character to keep people away from you, then you get rid of them because that's toxic. They've embraced that stuff and they will always be that way. But for the masses of people who really want to do something, instead of complaining and, and, and running to somebody else, turn that energy in on yourself and demand that you operate properly within yourself. If I'm a race car on a track, on a racetrack, and my vehicle breaks down, I'm not gonna cry about everybody else whose vehicle is working. I gotta look within and say, hey, we gotta get this thing repaired to get me back in the race. And everybody else is doing better than us. And we have on magazines and videos where we have award shows and entertainers and certain people who have gotten through and became wealthy or rich, maybe mostly rich. Wealthy and rich are two different things. Rich is like really not going to last generations. Wealth will keep your great, 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 great grandkids intact and on top. And how many of us have that? See? So we got to think beyond the now. We got to think beyond the foolishness that we learned on the plantation on turning in on each other for our own survival and not looking beyond the weekend or just the hedonistic activities of the world. We gotta learn how to sacrifice and build with each other. If not, if you wanna go the affirmative action way and it comes back and you want that, go ahead. But you have nothing to come home to. You'll be on their plantations for the rest of your life, even with the affirmative action that you had to get you there, but you'll always be under the gun and never appreciated. Remember that. Lance Curve out. Much love to you. Salute to my brothers. Much love mwah, to my sisters. And um, let me know how you feel about that. Because I want nothing to do with that toxic place or anyone with that mentality. And that's just the way I am. I'm enjoying life by myself. And remember, always have a plan B, C, D, E, and F to get your stuff done. Because you have a responsibility for your legacy every single day. If other people can't see the importance of going after a legacy and leaving something behind, that's their problem. Every day, I've got something to do. And I've been doing this for the last 22 years. So, it will never stop. Anyway, much love to you all. Leave your comments. Lance Skirv out. I will see you on the next one. Peace.